Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Welcome to another edition of the Powerful Officers Podcast. Um, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. And this is the Millennial Podcast. From um, afar. From afar. Yes, we have to apologise for the sound quality of this episode, but we've had to try and squeeze one in, as it were. Um, <laughs> we'll <get there. laughs> whilst, I, whilst I'm away rehearsing for a show. Um, and, uh, you know... So committed are we to producing an episode that we've squeezed one in before the day begins on what day are we on? Uh, it the is 18th the 18th of August. Yes. How's, um, how's your week been, Wayne? I know we've been apart for long now. It's not a usual occurrence. I don't. I think this I is, is this the first podcast we've done from afar. I believe so. Mental. I believe so. We have planned for this though. We've always said if we need to get it done. It's going to have to be a Skype job, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what it is today, <laughs> and an early one at that. And I, oh God, no! Don't, don't. I won't. You know, you. you know, Jem, and I think the listeners know. The long-term listeners know. I am not a morning person. Yeah, I'm surprised. So, How many cups of tea you got in front of you? Do you know what? I haven't had a single cup of tea yet, mainly because I've only just woken up. <laughs> 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 I haven't had time for one. Tell the truth, Wayne. <laughs> are you laying in bed? I'm on the bed. I'm not laying in bed, but I am on the bed. Do you have a duvet over you? Uh, wait. <laughs> now I do, yes. <laughs> Could you get used <laughs> to this method of podcasting? <laughs> I think so. It's it's quite cushy. Hmm. It is quite cushy. <laughs> How's everything your end, Jem? All good. I'm professionally sat at a desk with a pretty cool headset on. It's like one of those uh, pilot ones. I don't even know. I thought we had two pieces to the earpiece so I could hear in both ears, but actually, nope, it's just on one side. <laughs> <laughs> the other side is just a piece of plastic that makes me look like I'm from X-Men. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. It is. That is kind of cool. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. Um, so today we're talking about skill acquisition and mm. the various other topics that that relates to. Um could I just apologise quickly in case anybody can hear a mental cat running outside my door? <laughs> oh, I heard that then. <laughs> yeah, they've got an excitable kitten outside and he literally has decided to find the noisiest toy and begin playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Out of course. spite, because you're not paying him any attention. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, yes, yeah, so we want to talk today about um, skill acquisition, um, particularly as it relates to employment, employability um, and entrepreneurship and, you know, the workplace uh, and all that. Um, because you, quite often you, you end up in a scenario where uh, people are hating their jobs and uh, the reason that they haven't left their job is because they're not, quote unquote, good at anything else. Um, and so it's a bit of an, an issue in terms of the general life, pro-lifestyle attitude that we like to have, um, which is about making sure that work fits in with the lifestyle that you want rather than the lifestyle you want fitting around your work. Um, so it's just something that we thought we'd take a look at in this episode today. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially anyway, like get into jobs from early, whether it's from like after university, and then you think, well, you know what, I did that degree, and so that means I can only do these kinds of jobs, and then you sort of get into that role, and then you build up a bit of experience in it, and then you think, well, actually, I like this, but not enough, and I feel like I could do something else, and then you might see other jobs sort of cropping up that you go to a job, and you see someone else doing something else, and you're like, oh, that looks kind of fun, but then again, that's very different to what I'm currently doing. And I think people get sort of stuck in that mindset of, oh, well, I've only got experience on this. It's only going to look good on my CV if I can prove that I've got three years of experience doing this one thing. And I think Mm. it's quite a sort of scary thing for people to think, well, can I literally change the direction of what I'm currently doing? And so um, I think people need to kind of understand that there are so many skills. And I think nowadays, especially, I think skills are quite fluid, especially when you work with technology, which I think a lot of people are doing. Mm. And so I think not only is it to just upskill yourself, maybe to increase your sort of earning potential, but actually in some ways it's also to sort of protect yourself from actually having skills that become redundant. Yeah, and I, I guess with kind of that in mind, really i guess like skill acquisition in itself is a very valuable skill particularly because of the fluidity of um uh i want to say skills but i don't know how many times you can say skills in one sentence um but like um because of technology and because how drastically the workplace is changing um like for example, being able to drive is not really going to be that much more of a valid skill in the next 20 years because self-driving cars are already on the road and things like that. Um, so if is you're that your excuse driving, for not for getting example, a license, Wayne? Uh, no, I'm actually really, still really toying with the idea. But, uh, <laughs> but by the time I've made up my mind, then it will probably not be worth getting. <laughs> then people will be picking you up without a driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But... Um, <laughs> But, you know, and who would have thought that driving would ever be a skill that nobody would need? Mm-hmm. You know? um, so, yeah, so, so I guess in that respect, the skill acquisition in of itself is something that you need to be um, aware of as something that you need to be able to pick up quickly. Um, but the good thing is, is, is with the fluidity uh, that technology brings also brings the ability to learn a new skill a lot quicker than yeah. ever before with the likes of youtube and blog posts and for example i for my latest show reel um i had a scene that had been unedited because the film wasn't finished that the director had kindly oh, said that i could use <laughs> and i had to learn how to grade um and color grading is, you, is yeah. color correction yeah color correction for for um film because the the lighting was good but the it, the color didn't look all that great because it was unedited it looked a bit dull so i then had to go to 
uh, find some websites with some video tutorials and learn the theory behind grading. Um, All over about course, half an hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, in about half That's hour. That's all you need. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know. But I remember when I then, saw it, I was like, "Oh, that looked really good." And you was like, "Did you notice I color corrected it?" I was like, "No," <laughs> mm. but it looked like cinematic. You got the look you wanted, and it, and you mm-hmm. saying that is actually like I remember when I was at my um, old job at the charity that I was working for. I remember so many times being given tasks to do. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, I don't actually have a clue how to do that, but I'm going to say yes anyway. And then within like an hour or so, like you say, you just jump on YouTube, jump on a couple of blogs, and before long, you've kind of learned mm-hmm. yourself the basics or someone's, someone's out there who's kind of taught it. And I think a lot of people, I don't think, kind of, or maybe just sort of grown out of that sort of fostering that curiosity of can I do it? And do I have the patience? Because, yeah, you might have done grading. Some people might, because I know what grading is like. Like, you could get to a point where you're like, wow, this is really exciting. You start playing with it so much that you overdo it. And mm-hmm. or it's a, it's a really, it's something that you could do for a whole day if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the time, I don't know how we've got people's attention span so low. But, I mean, I've just bought myself an electric drum kit. And I'm like, even... Has in it the, arrived? Yeah, yeah, I've got it now. <sighs> So you can have a go when you pop over. So excited. But even with that, like, I'll just jump onto, like, YouTube and then I think, all right, find a quick, like, simple drum video on YouTube and then I'm, like, watching it. It's, like, some six-year-old kid who drums, like, mental. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this six-year-old is destroying my ability to drum. And, <laughs> and your ego. And my ego, yeah, basically. <laughs> End up throwing a stick at the wall. <laughs> but... Um, even that, it's like that again. How many people have that sort of mentality where it's quite, it's kind of like a playfulness in some ways. It's like, okay, well, I'm kind of interested in this thing, and I'm going to just like research it, and then I'm going to actually apply it. And I do that for all things, whether it's trying to learn sort of new digital skills or keep myself updated on new social media sort of marketing techniques, or if it's again learning the drums, or it's a new fitness mm-hmm. thing that I want to find out about. And I think that a lot of people need to kind of and I was even talking to uh, my girlfriend this morning and she was still saying she's like yeah I was talking about um, Seth Godin had a blog out the other day and he was sort of mentioning this um, theory called cultivation theory and this sort of idea that you start embodying the things you watch and I was saying to her oh do you remember how argumentative you got around when Love Island was on with <laughs> and this idea that you kind of pick up and then she was like yeah, yeah I'm really trying to stop doing it now she's like I'm actually trying to question like when I am watching something can I, could I watch something else that's a bit more sort of like learning something or kind of you feel you're getting something out of it? And I think mm. too many people are using the uh, sort of online media in some ways too passively. Like it's fine to watch a bit of Casey Neistat sort of a vlog here and there. But I yeah. think, I don't know how many people actually consider the skills they use at work, which they're probably quite good at if they've got a few years experience, but then just kind of like do a little bit of um, delving into it really and just say, okay, if I was to YouTube the thing I do, you might come across somebody who's doing it or has other ideas within that, but then that's only going to translate when you bring it back into the workplace or it's going to show you a different path. And I think we talk a lot about entrepreneurship, but also, again, it's not always the option in the sense that if you want to earn more money, it's just this skill acquisition is what kind of helps you move up in terms of earning better money is how much potential can you earn through the skills you have. And 
we spoke about it several times i mean i've mentioned the book averages over which is a great read for anybody who's kind of thinking about because i know i've looked on reddit and there's a lot of like articles on people worried about like what should i study what should i what skills should i start learning how do i make sure that my skills that i'm picking up are future proofed in some way and i mean not everything mm-hmm. is going to eventually roll around there's always tides of different um things that become important for the um the business world in some ways and yeah. so um yeah i think and, and it's just interesting to look into what those skills are and i know in average and over averages over a lot of it's working with technology a lot of it is about people to people connections these sort of social skills and empathetic skills and data analyzing and stuff like that and i think mm-hmm. people just need to have that sort of awareness and and realize that actually all those things i've just said there are not stuff that's directly influencing maybe okay i've got to go work as a psychotherapist or as a social worker or i've got to be a data analyst i think you've got to realize that all these skill sets will actually apply to your job role in some way and it's finding how that there's that crossover really yeah yeah i i think um after we after we've done a little sponsor break i think it'd be a good idea to go into the, the types of skills that are that are more future-proofed um but i think also um sorry i'm just flicking through notes um <laughs> trying to do this on my ipad is different um <laughs> but it's also i think there's that that thing that you have to be aware of that that um which we've kind of alluded to that knowledge now is not as valuable mm-hmm. as it used to be because we have access to everything that we could ever need to know at least as so long as humankind knows about it really mm-hmm. it's very very rare now that you can't find information on what you need and if you're spending 30 minutes now to find what you need to find... Well, to then... become a, a kind of professional grader in some ways and knowing enough, like imagine someone who spent 10 years being a grader and then you come along and mm. do it in iMovie and it looks not as... It's right. not perfect, but it's not that bad. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. A professional grader would probably be like, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But to the, the average eye, it looked looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was quite impressed with myself. There was another scene in the show reel actually, that I tried to grade... And I just couldn't do it. Um, so I kind of was like, well, it's good enough as it is, so I'll leave it as mm-hmm. it is, because mm-hmm. it was so clearly bad. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was to keep practicing and spend more time on it, then, which I think is also another um, va- uh, important point, which is, you know, how much do you go into learning? Do you learn the bare minimum? Do you learn um, as much as you can to make sure that you're, your top quality, you know, professional level, or, or is is enough enough? And um, though you've got, you know, averages over in in the sense that, you know, um, if you're not outstanding at something, it probably won't be a career path for you. But quite often, um, if it's small jobs here and there, and particularly within the gig economy, quite often just above average is enough. Mm-hmm. and as um, well oh go on carry on no no carry on i was just gonna sort of say as well and i think the good thing about doing these sort of light touch learnings of new skills is that you just don't know what might bite something just might come out of nowhere and you think wow i was only doing grading because i needed to do my show reel and then suddenly you're like, actually you know what i really enjoy this i find it's really interesting but then on mm-hmm. the flip side of that like what you say and obviously average is over so people got to become specialist the other side of it i don't know if you was listening to um 
Art of Charm podcast a f- couple of days ago. I think he put out. A, you probably haven't because you've been uh, <laughs> in rehearsals. No, I haven't listened to any podcast. But he he was sort of making this interesting point, which I think really applies to me and you because we have got these sort of like multi skill set sort of entrepreneurial adventures that we do in terms of podcasts and video PA work, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of saying like. Um, obviously you can become a master. You've got Robert Greene's book on mastery. And yes, if you're the best in the field at something, that's great too. But on this mm. podcast, this guy was sort of saying that actually, what if you're free thing, you have three or four skills, but you're like 60, 70% good at them. It means that actually you're one of the top in that field in terms of having all four of those skill sets. Mm. So you're, exactly. the on- you're the only person that in- is an actor, PA, uh, color grader, and, and, and then when you think about it like that and you think about the actual how many people on this planet it's like those combinations are very minimal and so mm. you see things from a different perspective because of that combination and I thought that was kind of an interesting way of looking at it and I think that's some way that people can kind of again it makes you more interested in terms of conversations you open yourself up a lot mm. more to other aspects of your personality as well but at the same time i think it makes you more unique in the sort of skill sets that you can have and he did reference obviously steve jobs going to the calligraphy class yeah it had nothing Mm -hmm. to do and later it came back and i think that when you Mm -hmm. have these multiple like if you have the sort of creative acting or the creative filmmaking mindsets Mm -hmm. and then you've put that onto a very logical business thing suddenly you've got these two skill sets working together and they can flip from one to the other it's a bit like that um uh, what was that book? The hats, the six finger hats. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Six or seven thinking hats, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, that we'll link book. to it. Yeah, I've got the book actually on my shelf somewhere, but um, I'll put. Mm. I'll link to that, and it's that idea that you can flip the right hat on at the certain times. I think that sort of multi-dimensional skill set nowadays, I think, is quite useful. And I think, like you say, if you don't always have to. I mean. There is that where you, yes, become the master, or there's the other side of actually use these sort of multiple skill sets, and who knows, one of them might become your dominant skill set, and the rest just sort of like other one, uh, side sort of skill sets, but they're still gonna have some play into the mastery one, basically. Yeah, and I, I think you know, I don't think uh, being a master at something, or you know, being a, a quote unquote jack of all trades, mm-hmm. I don't think either, particularly in this day and age, is better than the other. I think. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago, being a master was the way. But given the, as as you alluded to at the beginning of the episode, the fluidity of um, skills due to technology and things, that actually the ability to be flexible and the ability to pivot is just as valuable as being very, 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 very specialist. And I remember, um, God, it was years ago now, I remember writing a blog post that I don't think is even publicly available anymore, Um <laughs> about um what i call uh, the u- unique sellable cocktail as opposed to the unique selling point um because i think the unique selling point is very limited because um it doesn't allow for that fluidity and also you know if um i'll use an example of being an actor because it's what i know but you know if you're trying if you're networking with people in the in your industry whatever industry that will be but in this case an actor if you're going to casting directors and directors and producers and and just talking to them about how much you love acting well how does that differentiate you from every other actor that just loves acting but if you're um an actor that has a huge passion for motorcycles 
um, and that sticks in their mind. When they're casting something that involves motorcycles, that needs an actor that knows motorcycles, who are they going to think of? They're going to think of you. You'll be top of their list. And I think if if you are willing then to open yourself up to other areas that excite you, that make you that you're passionate about or even just as you say skills that you've learned over time that have stuck actually i think it gives you more window of opportunity um because people people as you said like how many people are actors that have a massive passion for motorcycles or how many um you know how many uh videographers uh, have a vegan business you know and things like that and and i think then it places you at the forefront of people's minds much sooner by having that unique combination. Mm-hmm. Should we take a quick little break? Yes, let's take let's take a quick break um, and thank the sponsors of the show. Um, long-time sponsors now, the University of Northampton. Um, funnily enough, I am currently in Northampton um, <laughs> as we speak. Um but yes, the University of Northampton, they've been sponsoring the show. We're uh, alumni of the university. Um, and I can say from experience currently that they look after their alumni very well because uh, we're rehearsing in um, on in one of their facilities um, for a very, very low, 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 low fee, um, lower than they'd normally give. So that's one, one nice valid point. Um, but also, the great thing about the University of Northampton, which is why they're a perfect fit for us, is that they um, aren't just focused on uh, getting people degrees. Um, they are very much aware of the shifts that are happening in society around technology and the skills that are needed. Um, and they're also very, very aware of the rise in entrepreneurship and also the rise in um social responsibility or or the sensitivity to social responsibility and because of that they have chosen to focus on social enterprises as a big sort of frontier for the future of society Um, and so when you study at the university of northampton you're not only going for your degree but you're also experiencing university life which has got this social enterprise sort of program embedded underneath it um, there's plenty of opportunities to set up your own ventures, charities, businesses, whatever it is that you, you're passionate about, particularly if it does have an angle around social enterprise. And they'll support you through that. There's plenty of programs with funding opportunities and training opportunities, uh, all built into the University of Northampton. So if you're thinking, you know what, I do want to go to university, um, but I'm, I, there is this part of me that does want to run a business or set up a charity or, or do some social good, then they're definitely worth checking out, northampton.ac.uk. Um, and a massive thank you to them for their support of the show. Lovely. Lovely. I was going to say as well, like on that point of um, <clears throat> mastery as well, I think you've also got to look at sort of um, – the timing of your life in some ways is kind of like, mm. I, I think most masters that you think of are masters in the later ends of their lives. And so we're obviously a millennial podcast. And I think that's that sort of time to be exploring. Like when you're young yeah. in your twenties, early thirties, yeah, I think too many people kind of put the, put a pressure on themselves that by the later ends of the millennial generation or by the later years, you should be sort of okay by now I should be a master and I think 
you've got to think when you think of any masters that you can think of in infield you're thinking within like 50s 60s plus now they're known for the thing they do best and mm-hmm. so i think it's a good thing to consider is not to kind of think well i'm nearly 30 or whatever i'm this age i should be stuck and i should be a master i should be known for one thing and i think yeah it's just that idea that that is your sort of playful years in some way i i didn't know i was going to have a vegan business like you said and that's again a bit more of that playful okay there's a there's some skill sets i don't i've never run a business before i've been self-employed but i've never had a business and that's a skill set that could be quite useful and who knows where that might play off in another 10 years so mm-hmm. yeah cool so let's um let's talk about these um these future proof um i wouldn't say skill sets but sort of skill areas um and types of skills because as we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the episode the workplace is changing um a lot of jobs are soon going to be automated by either computers or in the slightly more distant future robots themselves um i mean i guess we can throw out a reference to uh, john danaher's session we did with oh yeah yeah that was an episode we did probably a year and a half ago now something mm-hmm. like that um but we'll link to that in the in the show notes um but, you know, if you think about it, the assembling of, of cars by factory workers, that's been essentially automated. Um, I mean, you still have people managing the robots that do it, but the, the workforce is considerably less, as an example. That's one of the earlier ones. Uh, drivers are on their way out. Accountants are on their way out. Um, all because this stuff is is automatable, if that is even a word. Um, <laughs> it is now. um but yeah so there are four um i think it was a a forbes uh article Mm -hmm. Um, i think this was also based on um averages Averages over over. yeah yeah i thought so um yeah but this this particular forbes article that i i'm looking at but again um it's in averages over as well um categorizes four different types of uh skill types so we'll, we'll just kind of whittle through these a little bit so Uh um the first one is uh creativity and skill so this is referring to things like artists athletes musicians um people like that um i think this one really applies in the sense of nowadays there's so much noise and the i think the ability to break through and to be seen is actually where artists kind of prosper Mm -hmm. and which is why i think we are seeing a lot of these um big businesses snapping up creatives as quick as possible mm. and so i think that that's something that i think um i i think it's we're going for an era where it is the creatives who are taking off you've got facebook now starting its own video platforms which is gonna cause loads more shows you've got netflix taking off you've got um mm-hmm. youtube videos taking off you've got musicians being signed up for these carpool karaoke's with uh <laughs> um, like on apple music and stuff like that so it feels Mm -hmm. like if you look at all these creatives now like you are seeing they're coming to the forefront and i think that's because they have the ability to break through and to be seen and to be noticed and i think a lot of the time there was too much coasting from these professionals in these fields and it is Mm -hmm. now up to the artists to kind of come forward i don't know if you agree with that (laughs) yeah no I'd, i'd agree with that and i think if you if you look at you know even even in various fields where outside of um and again i think it it, it comes to this uh, thing about multiple skill sets it, even in various fields 
you're seeing certain people break through into the the creativity field. Um, so makeup artists, for example, um, you know, think about how many people have now built careers about having a, a YouTube channel about being um, a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's creativity um, because we now that we are always connected, we're always wanting, we're always after some way of escaping the current situation because a lot of the time we sat at our desk at work not really wanting to be doing what we're doing so we'll we'll take anything that we can to be distracted that's why podcasts are on the up because everybody wants to be they always know they could be doing something more interesting than what they're doing right now Mm -hmm. um and so we're in an era where we're constantly after content 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 um and so naturally um the more creative stuff is the stuff that's coming to the fore. Um, so yes, stuff like video editing and things like that is part of the creative process. So I think that comes under um, the creativity stuff. But there is a constant hunger now for more content. And because there are so many people connected to the internet, um, there's never going to be a shortage of, uh, sorry, there's never going to be too much um, of a supply mm-hmm. of content for people. Yeah, and I think I mean you both stand by. We believe that everybody is creatives. I think it's a lot of mm-hmm. the time people pigeonhole themselves, and that's where I think mm-hmm. that multiple skill acquisition is creative in itself. That it will causes cause clashes between different skill sets, and then something mm-hmm. might crop out from that. And I think that's really what we want make people to make sure they are aware of that. Okay, how do I train to be creative? It's like no, you are already creative. It's just that you're not acting in creative ways or putting yourself forward into these sort of acting curious about learning something mm-hmm. and then seeing how that then applies to something else and i think yeah. as we carry on with this different skills here you'll see that if you could use them all in unison you'd be pretty <laughs> immense mm. yeah and this is the thing with creativity and, and and skills as well the reason we we observe content around that stuff is because it requires because it requires skill, because it requires that creative edge. I think, you know, whilst a computer could and has, uh, you know, written a song, whilst we might be like, oh, this is interesting, what's the computer interpreted? We know there's no creativity or skill there. We're not We're not admiring the skill. We're admiring the fact that it, it has been done. And, you know... It doesn't have, that, a, ba- it doesn't have an X-Factor backstory. No, 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 it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one is, and I think this is a this is a really important one, is empathy. Um, I mean, we did a human, whole episode of it, didn't we? Exactly. You know, human connection, and I think I think not only in you know business, but in terms of even if you're employing people. In fact, especially if you're employing people. Empathy is so, so important. And I think this is why um, I alluded it, to it when we were talking about the University of Northampton. Um, I think this is why um, social enterprise and social responsibility is on the up. Because um, as a society, we're because we have our, most of our own needs met, we're now starting to really tune into our empathy and um, the needs of people that aren't quite so fortunate and making sure that everybody is as fortunate as us which is creating a huge amount of uh, business opportunity which you could say you know you're profiting off of other people's misfortune but it's not it is if you if you frame it that way or you could frame it as uh, there's a value exchange 
going on, which is that the people that are more fortunate are assisting other people. Yeah, and people. solving the problem, aren't they? So Yeah, yeah. But that all comes from empathy because we recognize that we're in a lucky position and other people aren't so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think obviously as well nowadays people are seeing a lot of bad stuff going on and I think that is that is causing this empathy to kind of bubble to the surface and I think it's just a natural need of the kind of universal force in some ways we're seeing a lot of bad stuff but at the same time Mm -hmm. it's causing a lot of people to have this reaction of i want to do something about it and i Mm -hmm. think empathy is where we see problems being solved i think empathy when people say oh i don't have an idea i don't have um, i don't know what to do i don't know what to make my business or where to do my business or what kind of business i want to make and i think really ultimately you just got to be tapping into that empathy because as soon as you see a pain point that means you've got something to solve and i think a lot Mm -hmm. of the time if you if you aren't having those kind of feelings in some ways maybe have you become sort of have you distanced yourself from any sort of problem to even Mm -hmm. be considerate about i think you probably can't help nowadays but see on the news constantly things going on and i'm sure you've had some sort of reaction to that and okay you might not solve world hunger or stop any terrorist attacks going on but there is an aspect of that which you could have an influence on and i think you just see that in some ways people feel that i think a lot of people it's more that they are very empathetic it's just i feel that sometimes they don't feel um they're enough to kind of fulfill a massive problem mm. although it doesn't always have to be solve the whole problem but, yeah I mean, and, and, or, yeah a big conversation itself but <laughs> and also at the crux of it and, and why it's important here is is really something a computer would never be able to replace mm-hmm. um, because even if a computer is telling you this is how you should feel there's always going to be a part of the human brain going yeah but that's just a computer telling me what do they really understand mm-hmm so never fully be able to replace human empathy. Um, so the next one, and this one, you might have to guide me a little bit on this one because I struggle to see how this can't be replaced by computers. But the other one, the next one's specificity. Um, oh, was it specific? Oh, oh, yeah, I changed the actual wording on my notes to just niche skills. <laughs> ah, okay, and I guess yeah. it's more the idea that, well, if you do create a uh, robot, it's going to have a very specific um, system that it doesn't know, but someone else will know. And it kind of, as you go into these layers of um, creating new things, there's always something that you now have to do to that new thing. And it's kind of the niche skills is sort of, it works both ways because you could have a niche skill that you, I don't know, like you say, you're the only uh, actor who does color grading. And so mm. that becomes a niche in itself. And I think it's kind of, it, it, this one is a bit of a tough one because this plays on, it's kind of in some ways we're saying, well, are you being a master or not being a master? Because niche skills in some ways means that you could be very pinpoint on one thing, but that also means that a niche skill could be two of these skill sets that you are the, you are, you know the most about. You're like 75% on each and someone else is only 100% on one of them. So you're still mm. the specialist in that thing. But also, I guess the I specific skills could also um, just be that you know a new coding language that very few people know. Um, mm. And so like an example of that would have been when uh, Apple opened up its uh, software to apps and then suddenly you've only got a handful of people that know how to create these apps at the time they were worth a lot of money the people who were coding those apps were making a mm-hmm. killing 
and then now everybody's got access to it everybody can watch a course and within a couple of days or a week they could create an app for their iphone and so it's kind mm. of but that will always change so what's niche today like i'm a video edit i've done filmmaking but like how many people do you now now i can speak to and they're like oh yeah i make vlogs oh what do you edit oh yeah i use premiere or final cut it's like well actually i did uni for three years to learn that skill but now pretty much everybody's doing it you can edit with yeah. so yeah it's no longer a specific skill and so the bit that has to tweak there is actually well actually maybe if i up my empathy and maybe mm -hmm. the creativity part empathy means i can make better business connections and have uh, um, clients who come to me because they like me i'm more empathetic mm -hmm. they're connected with me and creative wise maybe they think that i do things slightly different to someone else so mm -hmm. it depends i think if you you can stack these in certain ways really yeah yeah okay yeah that all makes sense um and the final one uh and this one is one i think that i've very much uh managed to leverage a little bit um is technology Mm -hmm. um because particularly because technology is changing so quick and particularly because um automation is on the rise and particularly because artificial intelligence is on the rise um that's all great and everything but the jobs that it will it will definitely create is managing that technology mm -hmm. that's how i've managed to become a pa and and have that as a as a uh, type of income for me is because I stayed so in tune with technology, partly because I've been determined not to be like an old man that doesn't understand how anything works. Uh, and also because I've had to, I spin so many plates that I've had to stay really organized and I've had to leverage technology to help me do that. Um, but you're always going to need something, someone to manage all of that stuff, someone to keep on top of what's new and how to improve systems even further um and and yeah i mean it's, it's really as simple as that one as mm -hmm. that with that one really mm -hmm. um it's all about just staying on top of that technology and also you know um more new hardware comes out more new devices come out with the internet of things coming about there's always going to be new frontiers i mean look at virtual reality that's a a, a frontier and augmented reality a frontier that's now ripe for the picking Mm -hmm. And I think if, if people that are far enough into the technology rabbit hole was to invest some time in looking into how that works and, and really getting themselves ahead of the game, then that puts them in a very strong position for even then the next frontier which comes. I mean, if you if you if we separate augmented reality and virtual reality, you get yourself into augmented reality. By the time virtual reality becomes a mainstream thing you're already several steps ahead of the game because augmented reality and virtual reality are so similar in nature. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, in the book averages over, like he sort of says, like, don't try to go head to head with technology. Like you don't want an accountant trying to be a better accountant than QuickBooks. You want the accountant now to be working alongside QuickBooks to make his job more efficient and give his client the result that they want faster and so mm -hmm. I think that's a way to look at it. You use technology, but it also it's a unit. It's a like you're working together to have a result, and so that's why it works. And I think that's what people need to do is that kind of um, collaboration with the technology. Um, so yeah, my sort of final thought really is as well. Like when you think about these skills, plan these skills around your sort of lifestyle as well. I think that's mm -hmm. one thing that people don't consider is actually. Do you want to learn that thing, which means you will be at a desk? So, okay, coding is a language, uh, like a, a skill set that is 
like on the up loads of people learn it it's going to continue to be something that's quite important but at the same time mm. are you somebody that like sitting at a desk looking at numbers and digits for hours on end if no and you and again it's going to be like some days you might work two days solid on a certain bit of code if that doesn't feel mm. like the lifestyle yes it's a good skill set to have but it doesn't feel like the lifestyle you want then you've also got to consider okay this skill is not for me and i think a lot of people have to consider the lifestyle before the skill sets they acquire so i like doing video work because i've got quite quick at it and so i know how quickly i could turn something around and i know how i like to have flexibility in my life so that works for me so mm-hmm. I just think as a little just to end those just to kind of really think about what skill sets you learn. Yes, they might be the most profitable, but are they most beneficial for the lifestyle you hopefully want to build? Yeah. Excellent. I so. agree entirely. Also, we'll link to a few like um, websites and stuff like that that are great for kind of learning these new skills, stuff that me and Wayne use yeah. just so that if you're thinking, well, okay, great. Where is the best place to go? We'll kind of link to those. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but in the meantime, Google and YouTube. Um, true true. um, (laughs) it's funny how many people just will ask questions about okay how do i how can i learn them have you tried that uh, googling (laughs) my my brothers my brothers told me about a website called i think it's called like let me google that for you.com and basically you type in what (laughs) what they want to google and then what it does is it sends them a little video which it which shows you typing that in to Google. Oh my God, that's a great idea. And then it sends them a link to the, the Google search. <laughs> and then all you get is an emoticon back of a middle finger, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so on that note. Uh, send me the link to that as well so we can put that in a reference. Yeah, yeah we'll do. I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet myself, but I'll find it. Um, but yeah, so let's let's wrap up there. Um, a massive thank you as always for tuning in. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed, to the podcast please do um either on itunes or stitcher or your podcasting platform of choice um and also if you could leave a review we'd be incredibly grateful um powerfulnonsense.com forward slash review will give you all the information on how to leave a podcast review on itunes um and uh yeah and also that we'll be back to uh, normal sound if there's any sound issues in this episode we we apologise but we're back to normal as of next week so please don't hassle us with emails being like you're such a sounded shit because we know we know (laughs) (laughs) great so thanks very much guys and uh, we will catch you next time see you later see you later